Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson. Welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast where you discover your inner story work through the process and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that will inspire you to leap into your own story. So be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com. And while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. In this episode, we're going to learn about someone needs to hear your voice and message. Miss Betty Brink is an expert on the mental and emotional aspects of dieting and body image. She is the author of The Main Meal, The New Perspective on Weight Loss. She demonstrates practical methods to quiet the dieter chatter and to empower you to make conscious choices in diet, in life, and in relationships. Betty is a master of business administration, a national board certified health and wellness coach, a TEDx speaker, and the founder of the Main Mill Weight Management Weekly Support Group. Refusing to conform to the normal diet and exercise plans, she helps create a new dimension in your attitude toward beauty, your own body, and your self-esteem. So, Betty, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I like to dive into my questions, but first, after quite the biography like that, you must tell us about your story and your journey first. Victoria, thank you for having me today. It's an honor to be here. And my journey started when I was in my hmm, early 30s. I had been dieting off and on since I was 16 years old. And I was going back to the same diet plan for the fourth time. And all of my thoughts were about food, food, food. And I realized that I didn't have any conversation except about whether I was losing weight or gaining weight or succeeding at a diet or failing at a diet. And I had this voice inside my head that said, if you think it's about the food, you miss the main meal. And it just like stopped me and it woke me up and I felt there had to be a different way that I had to address something other than the food in order for any weight that I lost or any changes I made my body to be permanent. I will say that Oprah influenced it back in the day. She made a statement that those of us who struggle with weight have something broken inside. And until we find that and fix it, we won't be successful. 
I'm not sure I 100% buy into that, but I went looking. I started on my journey of looking. And what I did was I stopped talking about food and I started listening. And I heard that I wasn't the only one that struggled with my looks. I wasn't the only one that struggled with feeling shame and blame over every bite of food that went in my mouth. But I also heard the things that light my friends and family up. I heard about what they love and what they're interested in and what their projects are and what their hopes and dreams are. And I I feel like I became a better friend. I became a better sister. I became a better daughter. And um, my life started getting better the more I recognized that I wasn't alone. And I really had felt alone for years. The more I started to delve inside and look inside, I had to start recognizing that my body is not who I am. I'm a person. I'm funny. I'm sarcastic. I'm compassionate. I'm bossy. I mean, there's all these qualities that I have that have nothing to do with what my body looks like. So part of the journey that I had was to separate my self-esteem, untangle my self-esteem from what I saw looking back in the mirror. I recognized I was not a good or a bad person based on what I had for dinner last night. And so the thought, if you think it's about the food, you missed the main meal, I knew would be a book. And I wrote that book off and on for at least 20 years. I would put it away for years at a time and pull it back out. And what I ended up, what I thought would be a kinder, gentler way to lose weight ended up being my story of how I came to love myself at any size, weight, shape, or form. And so I'm going to answer one of our first questions. How long did it take me to write the book? The whole answer is 20 plus years. The real answer is that once I decided that I understood enough about the journey I'd been on and who I was and what I wanted to say, then it was time to talk again. And it was time to talk publicly. I wanted to tell my story so someone else could hear it. So somebody else didn't go through what I went through feeling as alone as I felt. And so that, so then when I knuckled down to write the book, it was, it was a matter of um, through some health challenges about two years, the final push was maybe four months, but, um, but I was working through when I made up my choice, then I immediately had a major surgery. Uh, so, so I didn't write the book right away. That's another long story that we don't need to tell today, but that's who I am. That's why I'm here. That's why I wrote the book. I'm almost done with my second one. That's why I speak out. and It's why I coach. Wow. That's an amazing story. And I can totally relate. I've had um, issues with weight management, but you know, there's some, I know there's a lot of mindset out there that says, you got to just focus. You got, you know, you, you, you're not focusing enough. You got to focus, focus, focus. And there's something about just releasing it. That's powerful because that's when usually the, the manifestation or at least the, um, I don't know, the, the achieving something happens and someone once described it as like clinging or being hyper-focused is like trying to grasp a wet bar of soap. Yeah. It's almost like you squeeze it so hard. And what happens? It yeah. shoots out. <laughs> it pops away from you. You can't keep that. Exactly. It, and, yeah. 
and that part I, of self-realization of where where you are and appreciation it releases something inside it does um you know the idea of focus and willpower and all of that you know let's face it anybody who can read can follow a diet plan or an exercise plan so why don't we there's something else going on the the year that i made up my mind i would not feel guilty about another bite of food that went in my mouth, I stopped gaining weight for three years. I had never stopped gaining weight before that unless I was on a strict deprivation diet where I limited the number of calories dramatically. For me, limiting a little bit had never worked. It was always all or nothing. And so if I wasn't on that type of strict um, food plan, I was gaining weight. And all I did was just decide not to feel guilty about it. And I quit gaining you know, um, it just, it's amazing what, that, you know, everything starts in our attitude. Everything starts in our thoughts. Everything starts with what we believe about ourselves, what we believe we can and can't do, and, and how much respect and self-esteem we give each other. If, if I tell myself, well, all it takes is willpower, what I'm underneath that saying is, well, you're kind of stupid and you're not really good at anything. And, you know, no wonder you can't do this. You must be broken somehow. And I don't believe in broken. I'm sorry. We have everything we need to do anything we want to do. It's all inside. We need to give it respect, love, encouragement. We need to water that garden. Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, it's much like with my uh, coaching style, you know, if you sign up for coaching with me or take any of my classes, you'll hear a lot of what I go over is the mindset. It's all mindset. Yeah. Um, And people who struggle with writing has nothing to do with writing has to deal with the fear, the fear, criticism, um, you know, the perfectionism, all these things that prevent people to write and tell their story. Yeah. Um, So, yes. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Yes. So you're on the same wavelength with that. Yes. It's nothing sure about is. food. Yeah. It's really not about the food. Yeah. No. Just like I, you can't write has nothing to do with you can't writing. It's something else, you know, that's blocking it disguised yeah. as I don't know where to start. And yeah, you can write a sentence and you can write words and sentences and you can just keep going until you have an stuff to put in there. Yeah. And you can get better at it. You know, everything is practice. Everything is, we didn't, we aren't born knowing stuff. Everything we do that's different from what we were doing before takes practice. And everything we're doing now that seems easy started out as really unfamiliar and really uncomfortable. That's right. Exactly. Well, I know Ray uh, Bradbury had a, a quote, famous quote that says, quantity produces quality kind of an opposite but that's kind of the same thing with mindset the more you it's beyond just thinking happy thoughts and positive thoughts it's a certain determination and a and a level setting understanding about yourself right um more than i'm not going to think an unhappy thought well you know what sometimes I I got quite the coach in myself going, oh, you thought you were going to sleep early tonight. No, 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 no. You got to finish a paragraph, sister. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And it, and it's being aware of what those thoughts are and figuring out what's the truth in them and what's not true. That's in right. them, you know, and sometimes those harsh thoughts are there for your benefit. As long as it isn't making you feel worse about yourself. Yeah. Like my self-talk is my own, my own cheerleader. Right. Yeah. And, yes. you know, I mean, you really have to be your own cheerleader. Cheerleader. That, and, I use that a lot. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> because if you're waiting for somebody else to do it, you'll never have permanent success. It will be fleeting because then you'll just wait for the next person to cheer you on. You have to develop it internally and be your own cheerleader. And they don't know how to cheer you on. They don't know what language resonates with you and what really is encouraging. You're the one that knows. You know, and you can find your motivations and then learn to cheer yourself on because nobody else really, I mean, there are people that get us so much better than other people do. And there are people that really, we do align ourselves with because they are encouraging and they're supportive. But at the end of the day, you're at home alone at night inside your head. And that better be a very happy, comfortable, encouraging, loving, and supporting place to be. That's right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, sometimes I have to coach myself to go to bed when I don't want to. (laughs) It goes both ways. The push, push, push. And, you know, mine, I have to be sure my inner voice does is slow down. You're you're going to crash and burn, you know, but. Do that self-care. Yeah. Yes. Self-care. And I'm a big setting boundaries person. So it, I, um, I don't know if you, there's a few times I've spoken on Clubhouse where they know me as the check yourself before you wreck yourself gal. So Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah, great. That's, yeah. I mean, that's my new mantra. So. <laughs> cool. <For sure. laughs> yeah. Great. Oh, well, <sighs> let's go ahead and talk because we talked a little bit about what Food issues aren't, they're not about food, what writing issues aren't, they aren't about writing. And usually that's, you know, the, there's a fear, something connected. So let's talk about your biggest fear um, before you published. Um, well, it was two sides of the same coin. What if nobody buys my book? Mm. And what if a ton of people buy my book? you know, I, I, what if I fail? So the first part of first side of it is what if I write this book and, and nobody reads it and nobody cares and it doesn't make a lot of sales and, you know, was it worth the effort? And the second fear was what if this book goes viral and then everybody starts trying to poke holes in it and the medical experts say you're out of your mind and you're crazy. And, and then am I ready for the notoriety and the fame that might come with going around for speaking engagements. Part of me wanted that and part of me feared it. I'm a natural speaker. So my fear wasn't of getting on the stage. It was of being that visible that as far and wide as it could go. So those were my biggest fear was success and failure. And and they were all tied into one because it wasn't one day I was afraid of failing. And the next day I was like, that thought would rotate constantly during my last couple of months of writing. Yeah. 
Wow. That, that speaks volumes because I think that's for anything that we have a lot of passion involved. Mm -hmm. Um, I know myself, I'm not a, you know, this best-selling author. I don't try to be, Mm -hmm. but the feedback that I got from just a handful of people who especially read my first book touched made it all worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and to, to say the other side of that story is that it did, did not go viral after um, the first little push and all of my friends and all of my family and a few people that I know on Facebook bought the book, there weren't a lot of sales, but I got universal hundred percent positive feedback was worth every, every ounce of it. Yeah. It it was worth it. Yes. I figure, you know, when, when I had a conversation with an editor and she says in my very first time, and I, I go over the whole writing process because um, I knew that I was going to have three books out a memoir (laughs) Like the series, right? Not just the book. Um, So she had some questions for me, but I was getting all these weird bits and pieces and dreams and through other people I come, came through and she's like, well, what, what do you think this all means? You know, are you, are you going to be a bestseller? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, All I know is you know, and she's, and she had asked me what, what was my benchmark for success? And I says, you know, this was back in 2004, 2005. And I says, and I haven't really thought about it. I, and this is, I had done my first draft. It was like 80 pages. It turned out to end up being 500 pages. Wow. <laughs> it was done, but, and my answer was, if I can help one person, I think I've done my job Yeah, and my mission is accomplished. And if anybody, and if there's any more, that's just gravy for me because it wasn't about money. It wasn't about fame, uh, fortune or anything like that. I just had an honest conversation with that editor. And I says, I'm really just thinking if I help one person, mission accomplished so and that's what it comes down to I have you know I I get a lot of help with um with how to market because that's not my forte but um they talk about who is your um want think about and write the whole story and the life biography of the one ideal coaching client the one person you want to work with and basically when you're writing your book you're writing to one person you don't have to think about millions or thousands or tens of people. You're, you're writing to that one person that your story is going to touch. And, and for you, yours is nonfiction. Mine's nonfiction. That's a really vulnerable thing to go out there with your life story yes. and tell your story in all of your warts and mess and, you know, yeah. neuroses was, and everything else. Yeah. It's, that's a lot to put out there in the bubble. Yeah. And, yeah. and my first book touched it, I mean, it's raw. I mean, it talks about the relationship with my mother, my siblings. It wasn't so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, I had family members buy it. (laughs) And, you know, I also do real estate. So I had some 
clients by it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, there's language, there's nudity, there's profanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adults discussion. Um, because I couldn't believe how many people wanted to you know know my story, even my family and and my family members who I hadn't even um talked to in 20 or 30 years because they were just kind of distant and you know life gets busy and stuff. And there was a lot of family history that they never knew about. But I I'm known as the story keeper. Apparently, mm-hmm. all the, especially the paranormal stories, all filtered through me and mm-hmm. had some interesting other family lineage that had, had escaped uh, being known by other family fam- members. So they were just like, yeah, they're, th- this is just, you know, great history because nobody's ever written a family history before and your life is telling the his everybody's you know your mother your father's history your even sisters and brothers history um all in one book telling your story because we don't live in an island um, right and that's right. one of the i think probably the greatest things i got out of my books is telling other people's story who may not have had their story told told but needed to be told yeah so yeah yes yeah. but so t- tell us so we tell us a little bit about your uh, writing process and how did that go? <laughs> um, you know, to to break it down to the nuts and bolts, I I kind of when I had that idea that this would be a book, I kind of came up with ten or twelve, ten eight ended up being eight chapters, and I had a title and a concept for each chapter, and years later. I wrote the first three or four and I looked at the next ones going, I'm not sure that I understand what this means yet. I haven't learned it myself. And years later, I look back on some of those chapters and went, wow, I knew this stuff back then. I didn't know it. I didn't understand that I hadn't learned it. But for me, really on the nuts and bolts for writing, um, I can sit and look at a blank page all day long. I can put that blank page away and take a walk. I can do anything else. For me, if I get the first sentence or paragraph down on the page, I keep rewriting and editing and rewriting and editing that first paragraph until I realize that that's the second, third, and fourth process. Just put something on the page. And once I get the idea, the first idea down, the rest of it just flows like water down the river and I can go back and tweak and I can refer. Yeah, this would be better here. This would be better there. I could use different language from that, but I just need to get it out. I need to get something out. And for each of these chapters that I wrote, I was really, you know, I was writing from passion. I was writing from personal experience and with a strong desire to, um, um, reach other people who and and create a safe space for them to say hey yeah kind of kind of like the me too movement hey i've had that experience yes i've been dissed for being fat yes i've been demeaned by medical community I've, you know the, the whole thing and so i really needed to say what i needed to say and um i was at the point i i do this every now and then with something i get to the point where i can't not do it The writing process itself is sometimes a little more clunky and difficult, but when I made up my mind, yes, it's time to, I'll never forget my friend. I was on the phone with him and I had 
read and edited and give feedback on his chapters. He wrote a book before me and he knew I had the book on the back burner. And I always talked about the book and we were on the, on the phone or um, it wasn't zoom back then. It was whatever precursor. I forget. I can't even think of what it was. Anyway, we were talking and I said, well, I, I guess I realized that um, I really need to write my book now. And he said, that's the first time you've called it my book. He said, so I know you'll write it. And from that point on, I wrote consistently. I wrote um, not every day, but usually I was working on some aspect of it daily. And um, and it was just a matter of getting the next thought down on paper. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, you know, I'd be surprised. And that's something that I coach to. And it's in my paid courses. It's in it's my free courses the just get it all down. And even in my editing process, which I know I'm a, I I probably need the 12 step program to nonstop editing, because even now I go in there and I'm like, yeah, this is a better word in there. And some 10 years after that book is, (laughs) I'm still trying to edit. Uh, But yes. And when I do take something, if I decide to take something out, I actually don't delete it. Those are actual, could be other potentially better spots in the book. Um, maybe they're better placed in maybe a different book. Um, but yeah, when it all does come together, I always save those little tidbits and see if I need to put anything back in, if it needs to flow, can it live without that? Should that be in a different book? Um, but you know, there yeah, was a, there was a important. fun process that happened with this. At, at one point, that book that I kept taking out and putting away and taking out and putting away, I lost it. I've moved, I've moved a bazillion times. And so I couldn't find it. And while I moved again, after I made the decision to write this book, I moved one more time. And in the process of unpacking, I found those typewritten pages from the original start that I had made on this book. And some of them took my breath away. I'm not ashamed to say that I was amazed at the quality of the younger me that, you know, what I really could do gave me confidence in this writing. And those pages ended up being um, inserts, just a snapshot in time. This is what I was thinking at the time. And I put them in between each chapter. So I took little excerpts out of that book and called it steps along the way that that's what I was thinking at the time. And it really, for me, I think enhanced the message that I had, not only am I writing about where I am now and what I believe now, but here's a snapshot of kind of really how I got here, you know, what was happening. When you said, you know, you went back and, and saw how amazing the younger version of yourself, I got goosebumps because that's really at the core of why I've gotten into this because the power of journaling. I mean, I took my three books, which were from journals. They were nothing fancy, 10 spiral note books. But when you go back, when I was going back to look it over to decide what's going in, I just couldn't believe how on top of things and the powerful insight, even when I was in a mess, the clarity that I overlooked... Yeah, back then, because everything around was just 
you know, spiraling, but you, there's a certain something about writing that keeps you in the eye of the storm. And when you go back and read that, you're just like, who the hell was I, man? I know. <laughs> How, how did I not recognize that person at exactly. the time? Because I was a mess of insecurities. How did yes. that secure yes. knowing who you are a person exist in the middle of that hurricane? How did yes. I know that? Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. it. And, and you're there. That's the thing. Whoever's listening to this and whoever's considering writing, recognize that that part of you is there. You can tap into you, your inner you, anytime you want. You're in there. You are in there and you're, you, you have access to all of your best and highest skills, abilities, insights, and knowledge. You're there. Exactly. Uh, that, that's just awesome. I'm so glad we brought that up because that is, probably, that is powerful right there. Yeah. And I, if, if listeners get absolutely nothing else, which I know they aren't, this is a whole <laughs> chock full of good stuff, um, please, please take note of that. It's in there. Listen to Miss Betty. (laughs) Listen to me. That's right. Hey, that's my coach coming out of me. I know. (laughs) At the drill sergeant uh, cheerleader. (laughs) I know. I know. Trust me, I've been hurt too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I I know, I've in leadership, I, I run things like a, a um, military person, but you'd be surprised. We could do a whole, whole podcast on that, but yeah. certain there is something about um, discipline, self-discipline and bringing that out of people too. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. That's so. a whole different topic. <laughs> whole yes, different <laughs> so Very let's cool. talk about, um, we talked a little bit about your journey and what went into your book, but let's talk a little bit about it, the shop talk and whether or not did you self-publish or did you how did you how did you go was it self-publish and it, if you did uh what were some of the things you utilized like you know did you get an editor did you hire a graphic designer what uh tell us a little bit about that um yeah i the answers to most of those questions are yes. Um, I I spoke to some other um, people that I knew um, who had published and the number one advice I got from all of them was take your work to a professional editor, no matter how good you are, no matter what you felt like you did in school and in English and whatever, give your work to somebody else who can look at it with an unbiased eye. And so I did, I got a recommendation for someone. I had her go through the whole thing in the, um, the feedback and the, the consistency throughout the work improved dramatically for having it professionally edited. And then she also, um, when I talked to her, she said at the level that I am and where I was, and it was my first book and, and everything, she would recommend that I self-publish through what was then create space and is now Kindle direct publishing rather than try and shop it to an, you know, an agent and an editor and all, or a publishing house. So that's what I did. I made I made it available on um, Amazon first as paperback only for, for two or three years. And then I personally did the conversion to Kindle. I kept trying to figure out how to get that, how to pay somebody for it. The communications always broke down and everybody said, just download the software and you can do it yourself. So I downloaded the software and I did it myself. It's now available on Kindle and, and paperback. And as a matter of fact, I found a couple more typos when I did the 
when I did the self-publishing. You will find typos forever, by the way. Oh my gosh, I know. You never get rid of those. Just get get over yourself there too. That's right. That's it, right. It's not only typo, it's it was a wrong case. I used a, a verb where I needed an adjective or something silly. Oh. So, you know, well, it was just crazy. Well, on my, yeah. I, and here's the thing. I mean, the con, there's going to be the, the negative Nellies that are going to comment, but mm-hmm. really they're going to miss great content. I know in my last book, Mastering the Paradox, the typeset on the title is like off. And yep. I had my editor play with it. I played with We played with it for three months. I says, you know what? Chapter 10, I think it is. It's, the title is going to be offset. Just give everybody the heads up <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, none of us, Kindle can fix it. My editor can fix it. I couldn't fix it we're done. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will just stay there offset to the left a little bit. So if you have uh, any issues, I apologize in advance. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the other side of it was that she had, she had been in all aspects of, um, of publishing and, and ghostwriting and all kinds of stuff. So she created the cover for the book too, with my input, we created that cover together. Um, and, and I'm now working with a different, graphic designer to create the, um, she, she talked me out of my title. I wanted that first book to be, if you think it's about the food, you missed the main meal. And she had several reasons for thinking that I wouldn't get my whole target audience for thinking, you know, for, for talking me into this other title and being new to the process. I didn't stick to my guns. I, I was going with the greater wisdom and someone with much more experience. And I went ahead and did it my second book is, if you think it's about the food, you missed the main meal. I've got someone who asked me for a copy of my first book to read it. Because at first I was just going to re-release it with a new cover. And she wanted to read the book before she designed the cover. It's like, wow, I want to work with this person. Wow. And in the meantime, I, I had this, I've been blogging. I blog every week. And I realized that all of a sudden I wanted to start a series that would take a deeper dive into each of those topics in the book and then some. And so that's going to be the second book. We're going to go really deep into each of the topics and I will release it under that title. Totally new cover, new colors, everything, but, but get some help. You can't, we can't wear all the hats, right? It's too much stress to feel like you have to be good at everything that needs to be done. And at the end of the day, no matter who you are, what circumstances you're in, you're creative enough that the the money to do and get the help you need becomes available. You can find it. You can find people to help you at all different price points. And I would say, get the professional help. I have no regret that my first book wasn't the title I wanted because the second book's going to be so much better and it's going to have that title. <laughs> you know, I mean, everything works. Everything works. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up as well because... When you're telling your story, you, you've got to trust your own instincts, your own intuition, whatever you call it, because even professionals have good intentions, but goes back to, you know, you, you need to, I mean, I've had, um, I did have the first book, uh, actually they were, I signed on with a publisher, but they end up going belly up. And so I was left with um, trying to decide how I want to take the path with 
you know, the, the, the book and the other two books I knew were on the way. And it came up with, you know, why don't we change some titles? And I'm like, no, because the, the dream and the signs that were leaving, leading me were exactly those titles. Yeah. I mean, how many people go, I don't know how to write a book. And all of a sudden you got everybody and their grandmother coming, I mean, they're practically coming in the path going, you need to write a book, you know, yeah. listening yeah. to somebody and how this all kind of started was when I was working um, a corporate job and I was with my, one of my coworkers in line at a, at a restaurant telling trying to, cause I had gone, I had left the company for a few years after a layoff and then they rehired me back. And I was telling her what was going on in between. And the guy behind us goes, Oh lady, you got to write a book. And this Mm -hmm. is right at the same time where I'm getting these dreams about writing a book. Yeah. So I says, how dare I even, I'm like, I feel like those were the ones chosen for the journey. And you know what, there may be other book titles with the same name and they wanted me to change it. And I'm like, no, I stuck to my, I stuck, dug in to the ground because I says, this is important. I don't feel like I need to deviate from it. Um, Thanks for the advice, but not going to happen. Well, and just to give you a, some of the fallout from changing the name of the book is as much, it's a self-help book. This is really not a, it's not a step-by-step at all. It's a self-help book into digging in and finding that self-esteem and finding the joy that you, that we're meant to have in life. Um, And even though I wrote a summary of what the book was, I sent it out to all my coworkers. Hey, I've got this book. Here's how you go get it. I still have people come to me and say, Hey Betty, how's your cookbook doing? (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Call it the main meal. And people think you've got a recipe book. How's your cookbook doing? So I still would have branded everything the main meal because if you think it's about the food you missed, for me, the main meal is our larger life. It's everything. It's friends, family, career, recreation, spirituality, service, work. It's everything. That's the main meal of my life. I still would have branded everything main meal, but it wouldn't have come up off of a title of a book that I think misleads people into what the book's about. Just saying. Yeah. But you know what? That's honest feedback that you can yeah. build. Although a little shocking, but I mean, one of the things uh, for definitely new authors is you want to make sure your title reveals um, what it's about. So I don't know if you're, maybe you can put main meal, nothing about food. I know. (laughs) I know. At the little subtitle, if you do uh, work a, a title revise, just to, just to throw that in there. So for those who thinks it's a cookbook. You could just put that like, not about food. <laughs> not about food. What I wanted to put is, this is the main meal, not a cookbook. You know? a cookbook. <laughs> there you go. Not a cookbook. <laughs> Very release it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, I have no, no, I have no regrets. I totally yeah. have no, because so much good has come since I published. And I don't know if we're going to go there or we have time for that, but oh yeah, so yeah, many yeah. good things have happened since I published. No, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and, and let's dive into a little more questions. Um, um, let's talk about the results that you expected from them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, we talked a little bit about um, if I reach just one person and what I have found is that 
this message is resonating with people who have no problems whatsoever in their life with overweight. Um, it resonates with, I, I have a, I have a mission to also work with people who are underweight and need to gain because the body issue and the shaming and the blaming are all the same. The, their, their path is almost harder because people don't in our culture recognize that that's a problem. Um, and so they're really uh, dismissed. Um, I was lying on my back after my, um, after I published, I had a surgery, like I said, right after I decided to write it after I published, I had a second surgery and these are major surgeries. So I'm lying on my back and my surgeon had just come to me and said, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you can either lose some weight or we can do the surgery every two years. And I went, yeah, that's not good. That's, that's kind of motivating. So, um, the senior minister at the center of spiritual living where I attend came in to visit and I told her the conversation and she said, you know, I've always felt like we should have a weight management program on campus, not, not necessarily church sponsored, but we should rent to someone. We should have a, a, a program on campus. I said, yeah, I think we should too. And I think I can lead that. And I, I mean, I couldn't even get out of bed. And three months later, I started my support group. Wow. And I can't tell you the numbers of people who have dropped in and out. It hasn't grown huge, but um, the people who come um, feel like they're getting value. They feel safe. They feel like their lives are happier for coming. Um, and the work that I do and just in advertising and in talking to groups and on podcasts about what I do in coaching um, has resonated with people in walks of life I would never have imagined. And so the results are bigger and better in ways than, than I even knew how to think about before I published. Before publishing, I thought about book sales. I thought about who it might reach. And I, and I did think about, well, I know how to get the word out to reach enough people until I came back to all it needs to be is one. And, and the people who it has reached have been awesomely pleasant surprises. So, yeah. Well, kudos. Uh, so let's talk about out of all the pleasant surprise, what is the most satisfying or your biggest, um, I guess, achievement um, from that? That maybe, I mean, you said it's a little bit more than what you expected, but is there one that sticks out? Maybe um, a personal story that somebody shared with you or... Um, that you really had to, like a really big impact that that's kind of came home to roost really strong. Yeah, probably the one that um, I'm most proud of is um, the friend of mine hmm. decided to attend the support group from day one. She decided to come to the support group and see what it was all about. You know, things hadn't weren't working for her as far as weight loss and she lost 25 pounds and kind of leveled off. And I, I think four years later, probably she hasn't lost any more weight. What she tells me is all the time. She said, I am so grateful that you do this work. I'm so grateful that you continue to write, that you continue to hold our meetings, that you bring a topic every week. She said, I, I believe I'm a better person for coming to these meetings, but I know I'm a happier person for 
coming to these meetings and hearing these concepts. She said, you make me think in ways that I would never think by myself. That's the one person. I mean, isn't it? That's the one person. How does it get better? Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, I was going to say, knowing what you know now, would you, would you do it all again? But it sounds like we've already decided you're writing book too. <laughs> yeah, totally do it again. Doing it again. <laughs> over and over again, right? Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. Well, certainly uh, this has been great. I do have, you. did you want to? Can I say one more thing oh, about yeah. that? Yeah. The other thing about writing the second book is for me, since it's nonfiction and it's personal, I've thought about what would be my second book for the, I published in 2016 for the past, you know, for four years. And until I got the inspiration and I could visualize what the concept and what that book would be, it wasn't time to start writing again. So don't force your second book. You don't have to follow it up with anything. This could have been my only book and I'd have been happy. I mean, totally happy. The second book is, is, is in the works because it's the inspiration you got through your family story, through dreams for all that stuff. The idea came and it has to get written. I can't not write this book. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Wonderful. So just to recap, we have everything what we need, whether we don't realize that. Uh, trust your gut. So if mm-hmm. it's your story, even with professional advice, it's always good to stand your ground mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, just help, don't focus on helping millions Just start with one, start with the, uh, audience of one. And, yeah, and, and I think that's true, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction. Yes. Somebody wants to read that story. Somebody yeah. needs to hear what you have Somebody to say inside to, yes. of the story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you are writing a book, don't force it the next one. So yeah. it, Yes. I know. I, I, it's, it's, I think there was a 10 year spurt between writing book one and book two and then yeah. book three came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not all going to be Stephen King. We're not going to turn no. out like this, you know I mean? No. Not- and, and do not write 700 page books because I'll tell you at 500 page, um, the editor, the, the publishing company says really they, they, it was pushing it at 300 so yeah yeah i think the 150 to 25 is like the sweet spot that they're they're shooting for um if you do go with the publisher uh route if you're sub self publisher eh, you're the cell you're your own publisher you you decide (laughs) right yeah but uh the attention span of a lot of people has shrunken down but (laughs) oh and lastly make a a title that. Uh, is going to explain your book without them even reading it. So yeah. they don't get confused. It's it's a cookbook when it isn't, when you're trying to talk about it. <laughs> That's funny. You know what? I had I have some another guy who is, has published several times, and he said the purpose of the cover page is to get people to turn the book over, mm-hmm. and the purpose of the back cover is to get people to open the book. So when you're doing that, when you're designing it, if you think it's about the main meal, all that's going to have people say is, what the heck does that mean? What's that about? They need to turn it over and then find something on the back page that makes them say, I want to open this and read it. That's all we're looking at. That's great advice. And I'll, I'll tell you, there's another advice tidbit that you should start with the back of the book first 
to write mm-hmm. your book and everything that your 250 words should say should cover the whole book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's Great probably advice. another smart tip because another smart tip. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, Betty, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you again for joining us. I do have one last question for you. Where can we find more of Betty? <laughs> <laughs> Um, to find my blog and free email campaigns and how to connect with me um, through coaching and classes, you would go to www.themainmealwms.com. The WMS is weight management support. So themainmealwms.com and everything to do with me is there. If you are interested in having me as a speaker, I also um, like I said, in the bio, I've done a TEDx talk. I have BettyBrink.com. That site doesn't have as many bells and whistles, but it has a little bit more about me as a speaker and a writer. Wonderful. Well, Betty, I want to thank you again for sharing your fantastic insights today. I've had a load of fun <laughs> on top of that. So <laughs> this has been delightful. Yes, we've, we've covered, I think, a lot of really good tips, not only for writing, but kind of navigating life and food on top of that, <laughs> as well as writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, much ground covered today. And I do want to thank you for tuning in to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it so you can be guided to your journey to writing your story. Now, remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. And again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. We are looking forward to seeing you next time here on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.